Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Coming to you every Thursday via PodcastOne.com and iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, streaming, however you connect. It is greatly appreciated. It's great to be with you yet again to bring you another episode and another killer episode with some great guests, as usual, as we've been on this amazing roll. Thank you for spreading the word about the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thank you for supporting our great sponsors. Remember to go to podcastone.com, find all the great sponsors of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Because of them, I can bring you this podcast each week with limited ads at no additional cost to you. It is a free podcast because of these sponsors. If you heard a sponsor that you want to try out or forgot a sponsor and want to see a list, you can access them by clicking on the Killer Deals button at podcastone.com and visiting the Eddie Trunk podcast page. We only approve sponsors who make sense for my audience, and each of my sponsors are listed there with the banners linked to the promotional deal and the promos listed by the brands. Everything you need, easily accessible in one place. So thanks to our sponsors, and thanks to all of you for supporting them. In addition, the Eddie Trunk Podcast is a participant in the Amazon Associates Program. That's an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for me to earn fees by linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites. So please do that. You can link to Amazon and please do it through PodcastOne.com and my page on Podcast One, the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hope you guys all had a great uh, week since I talked to you last we have another great podcast coming up to kick things off. It's another double dip. Uh, to start things off, I'm going to be joined by Richie Sambora and Orianti. That's right. Bon Jovi guitarist Richie Sambora, who's been out of the band now for a few years. He is going to join me and his musical partner and uh, and also his now 
life partner, so to speak, his girlfriend, uh, Orianti, an Australian guitar player. She is going to be with him as she has been pretty much by his side ever since they uh, became an item, both musically and romantically. So it was great to catch up with Richie. Always a huge fan of his work with Bon Jovi, as well as his solo album, Stranger in This Town. And he's got a new record coming out, which uh, is sounds killer with Orianti, the RSO uh Richie Sambora Orianti Band, and it's slamming stuff. I got to tell you, the interview you're about to hear with Richie Sambora and Orianti, we did this uh, just before the NAM show or during the NAM show in Anaheim about a month ago. And uh, it was great having them both on. You'll hear they were you know, in great spirits. We had so much fun with them. I had so much fun with them on, on the radio show, my Sirius XM show that this originated on. And then when this interview was over, that you're about to hear what you're not what you didn't hear is that Richie had me get into his car and blasted me tracks from the album he made with Orianti and it was really really good really slamming high energy sort of bluesy hard rock stuff um, great vocals from Richie and Ori so it was really really great stuff and I can't wait for this record to finally come out So I had not heard the music at the time that I did this interview, but shortly after we left the studio or the room that I was using to do my remote from Anaheim around Nam, I got a chance to sit with Richie and he just slammed this stuff for me in his car. And that was great to hear. Listen, uh, I know Bon Jovi's out there doing their thing. Phil X, a great guitar player, also a friend. Sambora is such a huge part of Bon Jovi. They both seem to be very happy. John is doing great work with his band these days, doing great business as well. And Richie really seems reinvigorated and really excited to be out there doing something totally his own with Orianti. And uh, they played live. I saw them later the the night that we did this interview playing live at NAMM as well. And he was great. The band was great. So I'm excited to see where this goes for Richie Sambora and Orianti. It was great to have them on the air. I'm very happy that I could finally bring you this interview. I was sitting on it for a little while. We've been so backed up with so many great interviews. I didn't want to wait any longer. So that comes up first. Then the second interview is with Mick Jones, a foreigner, a legend, a guy that absolutely should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mick Jones and Foreigner announcing a 40th anniversary tour. Of course, Mick is the only remaining original member of Foreigner, and he only plays part-time with the band. And when I ask him about that in the interview that you'll hear second this week, a very revealing answer, because a lot of people felt Mick Jones and Foreigner have kind of laid the blueprint for this thing where artists are going to start touring with no original members. But when I ask Mick if that's where Foreigner is headed, if and when he retires, and Mick Jones is 72, gives a very interesting answer, which you'll hear during that interview, which comes up second this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So first up, Richie Sambora and Orianti from Anaheim, California, and the NAM show. A lot of fun talking to both of them. Second is Mick Jones, a foreigner, an absolute legend, a writer of some of the greatest classic rock songs of all time, and that was done in the studio for my Sirius XM volume show. Again, don't miss it. Every day, Monday to Friday, live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 106, Volume. It's Trunk Nation, Music Talk, 
and your calls, and the show repeats every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, you've got the extra show on Monday nights on Sirius XM from 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Channel 39. You've got my syndicated terrestrial show on about 35 cities across the country, and that is on various stations. Just check on my website for more information about that. And, of course, this podcast as well which is new every Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes. Be sure to connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and eddietrunk.com is the official online home. A lot of appearances coming up, some really cool stuff coming up. You do not want to miss that. Uh, That includes M3, April 28th and 29th, Columbia, Maryland. May 7th, the ride for Ronnie in Sino, California. May 26th, that weekend, Rocklahoma. All of this stuff I'll be hosting. Tom Kiefer, the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa on June 2nd. July 21st, Loud in Lima, Lima, Ohio. September 16th, Shine Dome or Shinedom 2017 or Shiredom 2017. That's in Irisburg, Vermont. October 27th, Rock and Skull, Pekin, Illinois. Parfest in November. Everything is on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Come on out and say hello if you're in those areas of the country. Appreciate you guys tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you connect to the Eddie Trunk podcast. It is greatly appreciated. And we are going to take a, a break here. We're going to come back. Again, first up, Sambora and Orianti. Second up, Mick Jones, a foreigner. Another action-packed A-list episode guests on the Eddie Trunk podcast, which is produced by Katie Irizarry. Thank you guys for uh, joining me this week. Stick around. The interviews are right around the corner. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, I've been telling you guys about Blue Apron. I got to tell you, I truly love this product. It's a game changer, especially if you got a busy family, you got kids, everybody's on the run. I know in my family, you know, every, who's who's eating dinner one night, who's not. My my son's running to Kung Fu. My wife's running somebody somewhere. I'm not getting home till late that night. Blue Apron is great because they give you fresh ingredients. You pick what you want online. There's no commitment. The food is not cooked already, so you get it. It's all in a great refrigerator box. You put it in your fridge. You get the recipes. It's fresh. It's great. It tastes good. Healthy recipes. It's awesome. And then you just cook it up when you're ready. My kids love getting involved in it. All the food, you open the box when it comes to your door, put it in your fridge, you get the recipe cards, you're good to go. It really is awesome. Fresh ingredients, incredible home cooking. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. It really is a blast. And Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the U.S. and 99.5% of food desserts, all right? So it's awesome. I mean, it really is. You've got to try Blue Apron because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required. There's no guessing. And it reduces food waste. Blue Apron is absolutely awesome. It's affordable. There is great variety. It's easy. It is guaranteed. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Eddie Trunk, E-D-D-I-E-T-R-U-N-K. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. I'm telling you guys, this is truly great stuff. BlueApron.com slash my name, Eddie Trunk, E-D-D-I-E-T-R-U-N-K. Blue Apron, it is a better way to cook. 
So far in 2017, Forbes and Podcast One have already launched three highly acclaimed shows. The interview with Steve Bertoni features the business world's most interesting names, like Adam Carolla, Twitter founder Sean Rad, and Hollywood's own Jessica Alba. So I spent a lot of my childhood in the hospital and hospital beds. Under 30 with Steve Goldblum talks to the movers and shakers, like Nation Builder CEO Jim Gilliam and NFL big game winner Martellus Bennett. Guys are afraid to be themselves because of their marketing deal. And the list with Art of Charms, Jordan Harbinger. We'll get behind-the-scenes insight and information that doesn't make the print cut. Next up, Sports Money with Mike Ozanian talking to team owners, athletes, and industry leaders about the enterprise and money behind supreme athletic competition. Forbes on Podcast One. Not just entertaining, informative. Subscribe now at iTunes and don't forget to rate, review, and share. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and we now go to interview number one of our doubleheader for this week, and this is Richie Sambora, of course, the original guitar player from Bon Jovi, co-writer of so many of those great Bon Jovi songs, new band that he has with Orianti. Both of them joined me in a conference room that I set up as a makeshift studio in Anaheim, California, about a mile away from the NAMM show when that was happening about a month and a half ago. This is a great interview. It was a lot of fun hanging out with Richie. Like I said, after, unfortunately not before, after we did this interview, I got in Richie's car and he played me some tracks from this new record that sound just killer. But a lot of fun talking to Sambora, and we got that up for you right now. Mick Jones coming up a little bit later on on this week's podcast. But first, Richie Sambora and Orianti. Orianti, good to see you. you. Good, good to, to see, see you. you. Good to see you. And, uh, and Mr. Sambora, a long time coming. Hello. I've wanted to do this for a long time with you. Unfortunately, we don't have the time I want. I want to go through your whole career. You know what? We could take all the time you want. There's uh, no No, problem. my show's over in 40 minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh that we couldn't get through it. It's probably. not up to me. They're going to cut it off. Well, yeah. Well, if I wrote a book, it would be the best time I never had. Do you have a book in you? You want to write one? Uh, I do, but I don't know what exactly it's going to entail really have you started writing one i have a little bit but i don't want it to be the cliche kind of thing like uh who you know banged who or you know what what went down as far as all that uh, the rock and roll style it's just like a kid coming out of new jersey and look what happened because we're, we're sincere about it yeah, yeah 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 that's that's the thing you know yeah yeah, yeah. But that's how that's really how it come out if you're sincere about being a songwriter and uh uh, performer and an entertainer and going out and making people happy. That's what it's all about. Really. Well, well, before we talk about a, a little bit about uh, the past with both of you guys, let's, let's talk about the here and now, the present, because you're performing together at NAM, right? Today? Yeah. Is it yeah, today? Yeah, it's 6 p.m. tonight. 6 p.m. We've been today. a band for at least three hours. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, we actually rehearsed well, 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 Chunk, hours. I'll tell you. Listen, <laughs> uh, we just got done last night really, really late. We actually just finished... Uh, our new album. Yeah, we finished mixing. RSO. RSO album. RSO. I think uh, I think we're going to call it. Uh, you don't know who we are either. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, no, it's actually. Uh, Did Bob Rock produce Bob it? Bob Rock. Oh, My yeah. lord, man. Yeah, wow. he's he he's is amazing. better than. Did you do it in Canada? No, we did it in our kitchen. That's the funny. Well, it's yeah, we we did some in Canada, but predominantly yes, most of the stuff was at the kitchen table. We did. You know what? We did some in. Uh, Capitol Studios. Yeah. Uh, some in East, East West. West. East West, yeah. But Sunset the, Sound, the, too. Sunset yeah. Sound. Predominant part of this record was done in our kitchen. 
And the interesting story about it is this. Um, when Roy and I first started to live together, we'd just wake up in the morning. Ori Garage happens to be band. a fantastic cook. Oh. So wake up in the morning, sit down. Everybody and, does need an Ori. Perfect <laughs> cook. <laughs> She's beautiful. She no, plays guitar. I mean, what do you do? What's going on you here, know? man? So we sit down and start playing guitar in the morning and stuff like that. And the kitchen table became like a staple for, you know, and I happen to have a pretty big kitchen. It's kind of cool. But, and then, or it would bring garage. Yeah, I don't down. expect, I wouldn't think the Richie Sambora would have like a little galley kitchen. No, like you can little, actually walk a land yeah, into the oven. Yeah, I'm sure know. it's bigger than my house. <laughs> That's how big the oven is. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of started there. And then we would put down the demos and uh, we wrote like 70 songs. We had a very yeah. prolific two-year period. Well, let me ask you this before we get to that, because obviously you are a, a musical uh, grouping, but you are also a couple, obviously. Yeah. So which what came first? Because did you guys decide to start working together musically first, or did you meet and have a relationship and then say, hey, you know, we're both guitar players, we're both musicians, let's make music together. What, 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 what was the seed? What started first? I know, it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know what that was. No, no, I was I was actually in Hawaii uh, uh, on a, a vacation. I, I you know my daughter. I bring my daughter basically to Hawaii every year, yeah. possibly since she's like two years old. And um, Alice Cooper happened, happened to be in Hawaii at that time. He found that I was on the island, and he said, you know, they do this annual charity show. Him and yeah, you play it every year. It's like this big charity. Yeah, thing. Uh, every yeah. year they play all the time, right? And uh, he says, would you want to come down and play? Now, me, at the time, I'm single, right? I got my daughter, two of her girlfriends, mm -hmm. and Monica. Yeah. Who's yeah, my nanny, right? right? So uh, it's it's estrogen party. <laughs> and, you love you it. know, when the kids are, when the kids are <laughs> teens, they don't want nothing to do with their dad. Right? So I'm sitting there like My this daughter going, just turned 13. Trust me. I can't even. <laughs> you know. I can't, oh, forget about it, you man. Know, you know, you know. Right? So I'm sitting there like this, twiddling my thumbs, you know. When Alice called. While well, they're said, looking at a screen. Well, a you, phone you or an iPod. Right. No. You want to play? You want to come down and play I the know, show? And I, I hadn't seen Alice in a while. Yeah. And Sammy's doing it. Steven Tyler, Steven Michael Tyler, McDonald. Yeah, Michael McDonald. I mean, this the whole Shep Gordon deal. Is that what yeah. this was? Yeah, yeah it's the whole just, Shep deal. And we do it every year, and it was so much fun. And she's done it every year. Yeah. Okay. So I hadn't seen Alice for uh, maybe two years or something like that, right? And I, I wrote some hits with him, and I produced some stuff for him. So we were catching up, yeah. and I'm looking at the stage. You guys were rehearsing. I was like, who's that? Who's that strange Australian over there? <laughs> oh, that's Oriente. You know, she's been playing with me for a couple of years now, and... Uh, uh, she used to play with Michael Jackson. I go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, I'm going, yeah, that's that's looking good, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I got to go do my deal, right? No, it's true. It's true. I love how honest he is about <laughs> it. It's just like, yeah, of course. Why so wouldn't, right? Right? Yeah. So we get on stage, and the, the um, chemistry was just insane. Yeah, it was just straight off the bat. Musically. The bat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just... just I, you know, presence, you feel yes. things the same way. Yeah. Now, wait, wait, wait. That, now, don't, that don't happen often. Do you, do you obviously knew who he was. Did you oh, know absolutely. he was there? Were, were... No, because it's funny. You showed up last minute because we were rehearsing, you know, for everybody else. And then Shep's like, 
uh, Richie's on yeah, the yeah, island. I, I, you know, uh, guys, can you learn you know a couple of his songs and we're going to just jam out? And so literally just learnt them. He walked in and then we just ran them with you and uh, yeah. It what did you play? What was the first song you played? What was the musical Gosh, collaboration? Um, you know, what? I think it was Lean on Me. I think it was the first song we yes. actually started doing. Yeah. If I can remember, then we went to Foxy Lady and then we played a bunch of other songs. Schools Out together. And oh yeah, we did Schools Out with Alice and then we, yeah, you know a bunch uh, with of Dream stuff. On with Steve. Dream and On. Walk this Sammy way. Sammy came out with the Rock Candy. Oh, yeah, that Christ. was so cool. Oh, <laughs> so man, much fun. Come on. Oh, and Sammy yeah. still. I mean, Sammy's a good friend. Sammy is. Uh, just turned 69, wow. and he still belts out rock candy like he did on the oh, record. Yeah. It's you know freakish. You know what? Freakish. Is that a nice guy or what? The best. He's the best. So, what's and your... he's so generous. He, he let yeah. me fly in his plane with him. I mean, he's just he's amazing, yeah, he says, man. Come over, stay at the house yeah. in Cabo. Yeah, 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 yeah. He found you know out what? I was going from Jersey to Boston. He goes, oh, meet me at Teterboro. Get on my plane. I was like, oh, what? Really? I mean, amazing, amazing guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing guy. Nice. And, Beautiful. And he know? does that big party in Cabo for his birthday, and I told him because next year is his 70th or this year oh, will be his 70th birthday. Man. And I said, you're going to need to put a stadium up with all the people that are going to come yeah, a party absolutely. at that. So, yeah, And the cat is just, he looks the same. I know. It's yeah. crazy. I know. It's he unbelievable. Looks the same, man. God bless him. Yeah. It's amazing. So you guys hit it off musically. Then, mm-hmm. uh, hey, here's my number. Uh, you know, is that yeah, what Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened was, is that I was, Going to go to Australia and do the download? What is, what's it? Yeah, well, I got back to LA. Then Richie texted me and he's like, come over and let's hang and jam and hang out. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I had all these festival books in Australia, right, that I was going to play. And um, so then my rhythm guitar player, David Ryan Harris, great rhythm guitar player, and great guitar player, great singer all the way around, right? His mother fell ill and he had to go be by her side because she was like that ill. And so I said, well, I'm going to go play. I'll just do it by myself. And then I went, hey, wait a minute. I got Ori's number. Let's see if she wants to do it. Yeah. And I, I didn't happened... know if she was still working with Alice yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. You well, I, I happened to have a couple of weeks off, actually, from Alice, which was great. And then uh, so I was able to do yeah. it. And then done my, done my show's book. So it was like a free sort of you know month, actually. And so I was like, absolutely. Let's go out there and, and play. That's right. So out. I call so, Ori up and yeah. I go, so I call O up and I go, Hey, listen, I got these gigs. My guy fell out. You feel like playing? She goes like, Punk, yeah. yes. Does that mean yeah. yes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can say that on this. Oh, I can she, say that. Yeah, she said, she fuck, said yeah. fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, and I was like, fantastic. And then. Uh, and, and let me ask you this. Before, things took be, off from me. Before we go to a break. Um, musically. Guitar playing wise. I mean, you guys both have your own styles. You're both yeah. accomplished players. Uh, uh, how did it mesh? Musically, when you guys started, I mean, on the record as well that you have coming out, how do you yeah. divvy up the guitar work? Because did, did you say, okay, this fits? Is there a lot of trading off? Is there a lot yeah. of d- taking different solos? How everything. did you how'd you do all that? There's everything. There, yeah. there really is. I mean, it's kind of like how we sort of, you know, we just felt it you out. You want to play something? I'll, we I, got a song we could play. I, you know what? I, I'm at a re- I have a little remote studio. I don't have any real studio. Otherwise, I couldn't. Um, right, well, you know what? I would love to. Guess what? We will. Let's do it. Let's do. When's the record going to come out? Um, Pretty soon. Uh, you know what? Who knows what's happening in this music well, business? You know, what? it's Richie. like you do. You go. Uh, you, it's going to come out on YouTube tomorrow. We got, <laughs> so it's it, going to happen for sure because we're going to play tonight. <laughs> oh, there. You well, play the whole play, record? Uh, we're playing no, no, two no, new no, songs play tonight. Play, All right. I'll play a couple things 
before we leave. Yeah, but because it's crazy now, that, and that's that opens up a whole other can of worms about records and how people deliver them and how, how people buy them. I mean, I don't, it's the wild west out there. I don't even know anymore. It's Me like neither. some people keep everything so suppressed, and some people start putting out songs months ahead of time, one a month. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, Richie, your old band Bon Jovi. I mean. Uh, I just did something with John for this record in New York, and there was like, you know, the record wasn't out for a month, but they did a show where they played every song from it live. I said to John, I go, you just basically put their whole record out with everybody with their phones. <laughs> Same thing he said. He goes, I don't know anymore. Who knows? Who knows what's yeah, right or wrong? Yeah. You know what? I think it depends on how you're going to like roll it out, right? So Ori and I have so much material and so many songs. We've covered so many genres on this record, but... The thing that happened is that we owned them. We kind of did it ass backwards. It was a really interesting way to go about it because we went on the road first, and we got next to each other. And but you built a, a chemistry. Yeah, though. got our yeah. style yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And then, but really, the great thing about the record is, is that our vocal blend uh, and finding uh, that you sound. Know, you besides know. being the shredders, and everybody's going to know that that's going to happen. But you got there's a vocal. some shredding in there, of course. Yeah, there's yeah. But there's a then, lot, you there's, know. But there's, there's also a lot of. It's about the songs. Yeah. You're kind of doing what's best for the song. Yeah, yeah. I think people are going to be just... very happy. Be and direction-wise, musically, because Ori, I know some of your stuff. Richie, outside of Bon Jovi, I mean, I love Stranger in This Town. I that's mean, no, oh, that's my, my favorite. God, songs. that album's awesome. unbelievable. I was at the I was at the release party for that at Tavern on the Green. Right I, was, on, I, I got a whole story about that for you one day, but I could tell you stories forever. Oh, I'm you sure. probably wouldn't, as right, you right. could tell me. Um, but uh, <laughs> but as you could tell me. <laughs> well, let's just say at that time that you put out that record, it was an interesting time for Bon Jovi because the band was very much in flux. You know, nobody knew what was happening. Of course, you did come back together. Keep the Faith was a great... I love Keep the Faith. But at that point... Bob Rock. No, there you go. Guess who's back? There you go. There you go. My brother. There you go. We only sold about 65 million records it's together. crazy. And then how many we sold apart from each other? When you think about Bob, the Black Album, Metallica. Come on, man. Oh, and he's such a good guy, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like he's really great That's to work family. with. Oh, I did an interview with Bob about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I had a, I have a podcast, and I did it with him, and, and we talked for about an hour and a half about his whole career. Oh, yeah. And, Can um, you imagine? And, and I'll tell you, you know what's crazy about it? I've had... You know, some of the biggest names in music on radio show, podcast, or whatever. And, it, and with a podcast, you can actually see the stats. You can see exactly how many people downloaded and listened to it, right? Mm -hmm. Bob Rock is among my top two or three most downloaded, listened to podcasts because really? people just loved the stories. They yeah. want to hear all the stories about. Oh, we got to call him and tell him. It's, yeah. He'll be yeah. so happy. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, we will. No, yeah, he'll be so happy. You know, I mean, literally, he just left. My house this morning at five. Oh, he was here in, in L.A. Yeah, no, we were oh. finishing up our stuff. He's been living with us. Yes, he's been oh. living at our house. And stuff. Oh man! Well, what I said about the record is what we should do is I, I'm I'm based in New York, New Jersey, but when you're ready, whether it's there or here, mm -hmm. let's yeah. let's do a whole show about it. Let's take the whole show that'd and we'll play amazing. songs hey. from it. We'll talk about it. We'll take calls about it. We'll do a whole thing. Hey, that'd be you know awesome. my connection with Sirius is pretty deep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll come back. Richie Sambora is here. Orianti is here as well. We got about half an hour left to go before we have to wrap up. I want to talk more about this record coming up. I want to talk more about their individual careers as well. And we'll include some of your conversation as well. So hang out. More right after this break. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Podcast. 
Well, you guys don't need me to tell you there's a lot of change and uncertainty in the country right now. When it comes to your retirement portfolio and life savings, you don't want it all sitting in the stock market. You want to diversify it. So look into richuncles.com. Rich Uncles is a REIT or real estate investment trust. They own commercial property, collect rent from the best creditworthy tenants, and then they pay you a monthly cash dividend. Currently a 7% annualized dividend. Rich Uncles is ideal for IRAs and a great way to diversify your investment portfolio to add steady income. RichUncles.com was recently featured in the Wall Street Journal. You can see that article and all the information you need to make an informed decision at RichUncles.com. Like any investment, it has risks and it isn't guaranteed. Rich Uncles REIT, a reggae tier two offering. Go to RichUncles.com. That's RichUncles.com or call 855-RICH-UNCLES and let Rich Uncles know you heard about them on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Rich Uncle's Reed is seeking indications of interest concerning its Reg A Tier 2 securities offering. Any indication of interest involves no obligation or commitment of any kind. No money or other consideration is being solicited, and if sent in response, will not be accepted. No sales will be made or commitments to purchase accepted until the offering statement is qualified. This media outlet is being paid under $2,000 by Rich Uncle's for this single message. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. <laughs> RSO is the name of the band and the album coming out maybe in an hour, maybe in a month, maybe in a you, you never know. We'll we're you never surprise know. you all. No, it's good, man. Yeah, we're I very, very happy. I can't wait very to happy. hear it. I man. think that people are going to be really excited, and we're going to go out and give people a great show. And yeah. uh, you know, so that's so the idea is to get out on the road a little bit too. You got a lot of touring you're going to line up and yeah, yeah and play some. Now, yeah. now, now, Richie, you're used to having you know playing enormo domes around the globe with Bon Jovi. Oh, you as well with the different stuff you've done, Orianti. But for you, I mean, I imagine the cool thing about this too, you're going to scale it back a little bit. I imagine you're going to be doing theaters and it's places both, like you know? that. What we've done, or are you going to want to go out and open for somebody? No, you know what? And we've done that too. What we've yeah. done over the past two years is, like I said, it's kind of been a little bit ass backwards because we went out and just went out and played first. Yeah. No product. And we got on all these festivals all yeah. over the world. And as it worked up. Like Summer right? Sonic and all of those big You know, as it worked it up, great. we became second on the bill. Yeah. You know? So it, it got to that place that it was like, you know, people were like gravitating towards us. And we didn't even have the new songs out yet. Mm. You know? So basically we were playing music from Ori's career, my career, my Covers. solo career. A couple yeah. of, you know, Bon Jovi songs, obviously, that I've written that I was completely fond of because of probably my ideas or something like that and then um you know a lot of great covers blues covers things like that you know? yeah yeah um ori for you as a for for this this situation as a guitar player uh most of the stuff you've done in your career has just been you as as the the main guitar player in the mm-hmm. band, right? Yeah. So now you're you're working with Richie and you guys are trading off for you is it is it kind of a cool exploration to kind of see where he's going to go and how you guys absolutely. are going to play off of each other. Yeah, absolutely, because it's a lot of fun. You know, when we get out there and we just start jamming and, you know, working off one another, just got like a back and forth sort of thing, having a conversation. It's like, it's freaking great. It's you a know, musical I love, conversation. I grew yeah. up listening to the blues records and it was all about jamming, like from Albert King to Stevie Ray, you know, to that sort of thing. And, and uh, I just love it, you know. we And we do go off on tangents, sort of playing like Voodoo Child, whatever it is. We kind of just... Go out there and take people on a journey. We'll play you know, for 12 just, minutes. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, when we first went out there, it seemed like um, the whole improvisation uh, thing, like Jimi Hendrix, is why I got into playing lead guitar. Yeah, same. Why I Absolutely. wanted to play guitar. It's a freedom in it, was, you, know? you know. 
the guys in, that we grew up with listening to, all our heroes that were playing so emotionally. Well, you know, Don Airy, for, who plays in Deep Purple now, was here yesterday, and we were talking about that. He's been in Deep Purple, replaced John Lord for the last 10 years. Mm. And I said to him, he said, I said, when you got the gig, I said, did, you, did John Lord, because John Lord was still alive at the time he got the gig. Yeah. I said, did, you, did John give you some tips? Because John was just retiring at that yeah. time. He said, yeah, he did. He goes, but Deep Purple's whole career is so much about when you get on stage live, go in different directions and exploration and improv. improv. He goes, they wanted to encourage that. So there's only yeah. so much John could tell me because he goes, Ian Pace on the drums might be doing something crazy. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to. <laughs> you got to go with him. You got to fly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be yeah. flexible. That, yeah. You know what? That's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing that uh, the great thing about when people come to see us play is that, first of all, they're going to definitely see all that improv, but they're going to see, they're going to get great songs, right? They're going to get what they want, but we're going to take them in a little bit of a different direction. And it's been, you know, been really going great. So. Yeah. And then I think when people hear the new record, I think they're going to be uh, very happy with it. Or, you know, for for you, there's a I – I meant to ask you this because for a long time because obviously there is pe- – the, the people – you were on every single TV screen for like a month for tragic reasons. I but know. the clip, yeah. for whatever reason – and I don't know if you know the, the, why this happened – but yeah. the clip when Michael Jackson passed away, mm-hmm. that must have been serviced and cleared to every news outlet in the world yeah. was him from the film walking over to you, yeah. as you know, and the two of you guys kind of vibing off each other. So at the, the most tragic news in, across the globe, it's not something you wished for, no, but it, it, definitely it not. no, yeah. but it prominently featured you. And, and because for what, do you know why that one clip was used everywhere? Like it was, <laughs> I have no idea. And honestly, like I, it was such a crazy time, uh, when that happened working with Michael and cause I was making my record with, uh, you know, uh, Interscope and I didn't tell them I got a call to come in cause Mark would watch my YouTube videos and, and you look you're what we're looking for. Come in, learn, beat it, do Diana, want to be starting something next morning. Go in, play for him, hide us all, and we just started rehearsing. So I didn't tell anybody because I couldn't because we signed these, like, you know, forms. And um, and it was just four months of craziness. And then so when he passed, it was such a shock. And then that then that clip started running, and I couldn't turn on the TV without it being on it, you know. And it was oh, just, it was on a loop yeah, on every it was, channel. And it was, it was just that isolated like clip. To, it was very odd to see It's almost that, like the Trump inauguration. It was like... It was probably bigger news. It was bad, but yeah, it was, it was, it was just, yeah, wrong. <laughs> it was, it definitely was uh, kind of a strange moment in my life and, and uh, you know, then going out and then putting out my album and that happening and not having a moment to just, for it to sink in, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a crazy time, but... Honestly, I feel very blessed I got to spend time with, with him, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Did really you get good. to spend a lot of time with him? Did you get yeah. to work directly with him a lot? Yeah, or was absolutely. it one of those things where there was a musical director and they gave you, or was he very hands-on? In the he things was he hands-on was with for? everybody. He yeah. was. Yeah, absolutely. With the dancers, he would spend time with me, my sound, how he wanted it, how he wanted me to walk over to him and, and be very mobile. Like So playing the beat it so I could even look at my guitar. You know, I had to follow him because he's like running across the stage. And he's like, run over here, run over here. I'm like, like in hills. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, um, that was interesting. But the whole thing was such a, a show, you know, it made me a better, you know, show uh, show person. So yeah, I guess he, he really brought out the best in, in everybody. And, and yeah, that was a great thing about working it with him. It was such yeah. an insane show. T- really talented. I, I saw him. Incredible. In Japan for the first time, hmm. going back many years now. 
Yeah. And uh, he just blew me away. He was, uh, by all accounts, I've talked to a number of people, too. He actually was a big rock fan um, as well. I, I forget who I was talking to recently. They were telling me that he would contact him and, and, and talk about, I think he was very much into the production of rock shows, you know, mm-hmm. the big rock show, whatever it may have been, the big stadium. Sure, rock. Sure did, he he ever come, did he ever come or connect with Bon Jovi shows back in the day? Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, it was the, uh, the day before we were playing uh, two nights in the Tokyo Dome and he played the night before. So Frank DeLeo at that point was uh, managing me too, yeah. uh, who was Michael's manager at the time. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we get invited to the show, and I go see the show. And I was like, eh, are you kidding me? <laughs> to be able to dance like that and sing like that and command all those people and then turn on 80,000 people in front of you. Yeah. Uh, I was very moved by his performance, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then I got back to the hotel. We were staying at the same hotel. So Frank said, come on up and sit down and talk to Michael. And we, uh, oh, so you met with him? Yeah, yeah. We actually, so I asked him if he wanted to come out and you know, jam with us at the uh, Tokyo Dome the next night, the same place that I just saw him at, because we were doing two nights the next night. And uh, that's not his thing. You know, he needs it all. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's he, a perfectionist for sure. We said, rehearsed. That's not like, my thing. That's not intensely. my thing. I just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I said, I'm like, you know, I'm the Jersey guy. I said, Michael. Yeah. Come out, have a slice of pizza and a beer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, learn no, anything no. you want to learn. No, no, but it was true. And yeah. he was very, very sweet. Oh, and he he's said, very sweet. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that evening, he said, you know, I'll think about it. Yeah. Right? And um, the next day, I get a call. I said, I can't do that, you know. But yeah. he was very, very sweet about it. But, yeah. I mean, as a, a performer and a showman... My lord! I mean, Prince was like that too. You know, his dad. I mean, his dad. I mean, there was a lot so of guys. precise, and and he. The I, first man, song we played was I like Billie Jean. Dance a little bit, you know. But yeah, the, the first, first song, song you played with Michael Jackson was, was Billie, Billie Jean. Jean. So you know, Jonathan Moffat goes into that beat, which is like perfect, right? So he's you know going away, and then I'm off and, and I'm then going, baby. Michael comes over to me and he just starts dancing in front of me. I'm going, is this reality? Like you, you know, it's weird. Yeah, it's that's like, that must be surreal. Like, okay. yeah. that must I'm like, okay, this is just a normal day for me, you know. Not. So that was crazy, but yeah, he he was wonderful to work with. I mean, seriously, like it would have been an incredible show, and he was well, really funny too. That, you know, you a lot of people don't know that he was movie, actually. You go, yeah, he was really funny he was too. In shape it looked like to me. I mean, I really yeah. thought that he that was going to be all right. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot of funny moments. Like he would get stuck in different things, like especially this huge triantula that came out at the beginning of Thriller. And it was controlled by him. So he was in the triangle covered in Sarossi crystals. It was very extravagant. So this thing comes out and he couldn't get out. So the oh, intro to, spinal to tap. The in, it's complete spinal tap. So this, the intro to the Always thriller. Always happens. Intro to thriller goes on for like three minutes and he's not coming out. And everyone's going, well, maybe he just wants to make it longer. And he's like, hi, guys. I'm kind of stuck in here. <laughs> Can someone help me? <laughs> <laughs> like, like stuck in like, the I'm pod. Kind of stuck in. That was really funny. I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, okay. <laughs> Richie Sambora and Orianti are here. Uh, their band and album coming is called RSO. If you happen to be in Southern California, I know people listening all over America and Canada, but if you're in Southern California uh, at the NAMM show, I, I, are you playing inside or is it out? I mean, uh, It's a main stage. I don't know where that's So you have located. to be able – so it's actually not open to the public, so I shouldn't okay. tell people to come because to get into NAMM, you have to have a badge. Yeah, so. you've got a badge. But there will be plenty of shows coming, uh, it sounds we like. We don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> Just come in. Storm, yeah, storm the gates. It's Richie and Ori. Storm Drive the gates. through the cones. Exactly. If you love us, storm the cones. <laughs> Just go through. So listen, before we run out of time and wrap up, i got to ask uh, you, Richie, the obvious question. Um, you know, 
everybody would love to know and see and think and see is there any scenario in you that would ever like to go back to Bon Jovi world? You never know. You seem really happy with what you're doing right now. Uh, but yeah. you know, I, ta- I, I talked to you a few years ago at the Golden Gods here in L.A. when mm-hmm. I was hosting it. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. I talked to you briefly, and it was just at the time. And I asked you a question. You said something really interesting to me. You said, you know what? I just, the big machine of that right now is just not where my head is at. Yeah. You know, I want to kind of do my thing. I want to kind of do, and which is clearly what you're doing right now. So, so, so. You know, it's a new beginning. You know that it's like a new beginning. I mean, think about it. All right, now you're in this band for 31 years. Okay, now the extensive touring schedule and everything that Bon Jovi really, really had. I mean, uh, every tour uh, from Slip Around was 16 and a half months at least. The last tour I did with the band was 52 countries. 18 and a half months. A couple of them almost broke you. I mean, it's well, not you personally, but the band. I mean, it well, almost you know, drove it apart. you come home, you know, guess what? People have died. They've gotten divorced. They've moved away from you. Life changes yeah, yeah. when you come back. And, you know, hey, I got a daughter that I love severely, you know, and she loves me. And you know what? At that point in time, it just, they, the guys wanted to continue to, like, to whatever they were doing. And I was like, hey, I got to, like, do some family stuff. And do some stuff. So, you know, there was just other things that were happening. And actually, I think that the band uh, needed a break to come up with a whole new thing because it was a kind of a run-on sentence for a long time, mm-hmm. you know. And then between that, obviously, I was doing my so- – I mean, besides writing the songs for Bon Jovi, producing, co-producing the records, doing all that stuff, um, and being there all the time, I didn't really have an, a, another life. And then when I wasn't doing that – I would go home and write solo records and go out and do that. So it was like I just needed to just go. At 31 years is a pretty good time. No, and listen, it's an amazing what you did. And and as as a fan of the band since, again, being a Jersey guy, I literally had the APP record, you know, with Runaway. You weren't even on that song, I know, but, you know, from day one. I remember the shoots at the boardwalk at Seaside on 7800. I was at the the Roseland for the boardwalk thing for the New Jersey release. I lived all that stuff as a fan. And working, even working in the business back then as well. So, listen, if, if it is done for you, I mean, what an incredible, insane legacy of the songs you wrote and what you did. But at the same token, it's got to feel, with all respect to, to Phil X, who's there now, who I know and is, is, is doing a fine job, it's got to feel a little bit weird. It does for me as a fan. I interviewed John for this record, and, and you could tell it's, it's the first record without you. You know, it's the no, first. No, no, it's the second. Well, yeah. kind of first real new top to bottom record, though. Right. So, I mean, did, how did it feel for you? I mean, is it you, you uh, comfortable you know with it? Is it are you disconnected it's, from it? I, I'm completely comfortable with it. You yeah. know what? It's been like uh, over three years. I mean, Ori and I have been together for three years now. So, you know, and then there's a probably a six month period of time before I even met all that. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, there's a fair amount of distance there. You know, right now, and that doesn't. It's not. Feeling weird at all, actually. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that somewhere, sometime down the line, that the possibility you know, of Richie jumping up, even for it's a, you know, it's even like you wanted Michael Jackson to jump up with you, that exactly. hey, you're in the Tokyo no, no, no. Dome, you know, I'm going to jump yeah, up and do, I'll be there for you never. and sing for old times' sake. Yeah, never say never <laughs> in the words of yeah, yeah, you can't say never. But you know what? It's also up. To the guys and see how they feel. Yeah, right. You know, what I mean, right, it's, it's, it's really kind of that thing. And uh, 
you know, I'm sure that some philanthropic event or something might right. uh, bring us together at one point or whatever. I don't know. Um, right now, uh, no, I'm not interested. I'm. Oh, and I are. We're having such a good time. We're having such a blast. You look like you're having a miserable time from the minute you walked in. <laughs> I know it's horrible, isn't it? Seriously, man, I'm glad. It's great to see I you like... both smiling and having no, so man, much fun. We've been having a lot of fun. Making man. All music do is... together, doing all this great stuff, and I can't wait to hear the record. You know, they they give me the sign. I got to wrap up in a second, but I I can't wait to hear the record. And I wish you all the luck with it. Thank and you. when you're Thank ready so to put it out, however you decide to put it out, mm-hmm. you know, let's do let's do a whole thing. That would be Please. amazing. Let's do a whole thing. Thank you. you know in. what? I, I would have played it right. I would have gave you a song right. Yeah, we got it. We got it. I don't have a way, way to play it for you. We'll play it for you off the air. Well, that was a lot of fun. And I appreciate the time, Richie Sambora, coming over to my broadcast position and sitting with me and being so much fun and so honest and so open and great to meet and have on Orianti as well. Like I said, I heard songs from the record after we did that interview and uh, they played them for me in their car. And then later that night, I did go to see him play live at NAM, and they were just killer. I'm really excited about getting this record and what these guys are doing. Very much looking forward to its official release date. All right, stand by. Up next, as we have another double dip for you, another interview with a giant in the world of music, producer, songwriter, architect of some of the greatest rock songs ever made with Foreigner, the band's founding member, Mick Jones. That's up next on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, so if you guys do a fair amount of travel, the last thing you want to worry about is your safety. I mean, you could go to an area which has the Zika virus. You could be doing adventure travel, going to a dangerous location. There's a lot of variables when you travel, right? Well, did you know that basic safety nets like your platinum credit card or travel insurance, they typically don't cover you in any of those situations, MedJet offers the world's most comprehensive memberships available for your health, your safety, and your security when you travel. And what's better than having that? Last thing you need to worry about is those things when you're ready to have some fun and have some time of your own and some vacation time. You see, a MedJet Assist membership picks up where basic safety nets drop off, helping you avoid costly fees, which can be up to hundreds of thousands of dollars, and frustrating fine print restrictions on your medical care or crisis response. MedJet will protect you 150 miles or more from your home, including domestic or international travel. And a MedJet Horizon membership also includes travel travel security, and crisis response services for things like political threats, disappearance, hijacking, wrongful detention, personal security detail, and more. The safer you feel, the more you can focus on the moment, especially when you travel. MedJet Assist empowers members to feel safer and more prepared for travel's many possibilities. Pack peace of mind on your next trip right now. MedJet is offering our listeners of the Eddie Trunk Podcast a special deal. You receive up to $50 off an annual membership when you go to medjet.com slash impact and enter the code TRUNK, T-R-U-N-K. Annual memberships start at $270, and you can save up to 50 bucks on that. That's medjet, M-E-D-J-E-T dot com forward slash impact, I-M-P-A-C-T, and enter the code TRUNK, T-R-U-N-K. That's right, promo code TRUNK. 
Hey guys, David Smalley here, reminding you to check out Dogma Debate on the Podcast One app, iTunes, and basically everywhere else you could possibly hear a podcast. Dogma Debate is basically a way for you to peek in on conversations you've always wondered about. Say a hardcore anti-gay preacher meets an atheist who knows the Bible like the back of his hand, or a far-left social justice warrior meets a different kind of liberal who doesn't want to join in on the riots. On Dogma Debate, I talk to people who completely disagree with me, and I let them tell me why they think I'm wrong, why I should be on their team, and why they take such an extreme stance. And sometimes you'll just hear me hanging out with like-minded people and laughing during segments like Republicans Say the Darndest Things or Fact Check Yo Mama. It all happens on Dogma Debate, right here on Podcast One. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Joining me now for interview number two on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast is Mick Jones from Foreigner. Let's get right to it. Good to see you, Mick. Yeah, likewise, man. How's Good things? All right? Things are superb. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about that off the air. Mick, just give, you just give that as a blanket answer. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to hear about the crap, you know, really. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and it's a difficult question, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm fine, you know. But how are you after really? You just came out of the divorce court or something, you know. <laughs> Forty years, man! Congratulations. Forty years, yeah, indeed. I, I noticed there's a few other bands uh, uh, that are celebrating too. I think U2 is uh, forty years. Tom Petty. Is U2 forty years already? I, I think it is. Oh my gosh! I know Tom Petty announced a forty-year tour. Yeah. It seems like these days everybody's announcing some sort of. Uh, anniversary, whether it's of yeah. a certain record or the yeah. length of the band or whatever the case may be, because I think it just comes with with time and everybody yeah. loves looking back and it's yeah. great to kind of mark those uh, those sort yeah. of anniversaries. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Did you guys ever do in Foreigner the whole sort of playing a, a full album bit like a lot of bands do when certain records hit anniversaries? We did um, uh, fairly recently, about a year ago, uh, which was actually released. It was um, an al- an album with it was a redo of four the four albums. Oh, okay. And um, so there were about six tracks from from four on there, and uh, it sounded great. I have to say. <laughs> well, four an album like four is an album that I would imagine you would on a regular show probably play about half the record anyway, right? Yeah. So the yeah. the real excitement there for you as a player would probably be digging into the stuff. Yeah. The other five tracks you don't play every show, right? Yeah, yeah. It was so so what what was that like for you? I mean, what were the ones you that you really kind of dug into from that? Well, um, apart from, you know, Jukebox Hero. Uh, something like Urgent. Luann or something? Did you play No, we that? didn't we didn't actually do Luann. What did we do? Woman in Black. Oh, nice. Uh what else? Um, uh, so you didn't do it top to bottom. No, no. You just spotlighted no. songs yeah. from it. We we might complete it at one point. That would but, be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Forty years for Foreigner. Um, do you ever think it would have lasted that long when you first put this thing together? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's that's, a, that's like a, superb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had no clue. You know, I mean, at the beginning. There were, you know, the rumor going around was that this band was born in the boardroom of Atlantic Records, but uh, uh, it, it wasn't. And it was, uh, we were starting with very humble 
aspirations, you know. We didn't... How could we know that it was going to do what it did? I mean, there were only a handful of bands or artists at that point that had exceeded a million sales. And we came out, and the first album did four million, you know. Nobody, <laughs> Imagine that today. Nobody, <laughs> with the exception of Iron Butterfly, nobody had ever done that before on Atlantic. And that includes when the Stones were on Atlantic, includes when the Zeppelin were on Atlantic. Wow. And so we charted new territory, and we were kind of, whoa, you know, what the hell's going on here? Oh, uh, yeah. It... Uh, and my my hopes were that we would just establish a, a foothold, you know, like perhaps have a, an album that got into the mid-charts or something like that, just to give us, a, you know, a, at least a, a comfortable beginning. Right. And, um, and suddenly it was out of our hands, you know. It was uh, even as experienced as I guess I was at the time, it was still something to... Uh, you know, to really comprehend and uh, figure out, okay, what do we do next? Yeah, because <laughs> it's impossible to prepare for that sort of success so quickly yeah, to sell really that is. many records. I mean, that's yeah. got to be, even at that po- even though at that point for you, you had been in the music industry, you weren't a kid. I mean, when the yeah. first Foreigner record came out, you were probably what, early 30s, late yeah. 20s, something like that? Yeah, late 20s. I mean. So you had had a lot of experience from previous bands and stuff, so yeah. you knew how the business worked. But still, that level of success. No, it was uncharted territory. Yeah. I mean, that's like when you hear today about athletes and they're young kids and they come out of college and they get suddenly from no money, they sign a contract and have $20 million and they go off the rails. (laughs) Did you go off the rails? Uh, We had a few celebrations, I have to say. It was (laughs) because it was, you know, suddenly you're living the dream, you know. Yeah. And uh, you can't help but be affected by it. Um, Handled it pretty well, and the guys handled it pretty well at the end of the day. And uh, it was just, an, uh, you know, one of the. It's hard to put into words what it was like. It was, it was uh, complete joy and craziness and happiness. And uh, and then, you know, where do we go from here? There was yeah. a lot of expectation built up from a, such a big album. Yeah, how can they follow that? You know, and uh, we actually were able to follow that and uh, end up fighting uh, head-to-head with the Stones. They had some girls, and we had uh, double vision. And uh, uh, the Rolling Stone Records um, executive, uh, what was his name? Um, Earl McGrath, was who was kind of a figure in his own right. He would come down to the studio. We were just finishing off some single mixes and stuff like that and he came came down to announce what the latest uh, score was between us and the wow and the stones and so we, album we were, two you're battling the stones yeah. that's sick it's and crazy. we were head to head and then around seven million we uh you know we edged ahead so how did that feel though for you as a as a young band still in the in the history of the band here you are album number two and and you're trying to follow up this incredibly, incredible sort of landmark debut album. I mean, as a writer and stuff, is that a lot of undue pressure on you at that point to figure out, you know, you and Lou and the rest yeah. of the guys, how the hell do we, the expectations are so great from the label, from the media, yeah. from the press, from the fans. How do we do this? Well, um, I didn't let it affect me too much. Uh, I felt that we 
continued in the same, you know, to to uh, to create a an identity, you know, and that was my idea was, but that would take at least three or four albums, I thought, you know, uh, to put us in a position where we were, we could hold, and uh, where we could even go further, you mm. know. So um, I tried not to let that get to me as far as uh, messing with my head and thinking, oh, I've got to write one of those, I've got to write one of those. Right. You know, record company pressure. But uh, we had a pretty free reign. Um, Atlantic gave us total Sure, after control. a record like that, you, kind of, yeah. you had the keys to the kingdom, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in that way, we were very fortunate to have yeah. a very supportive uh, label and one of the greatest labels of all time so yeah, we got right into it immediately as soon as you sat down because there's so much i want to talk to this man about we have about another half an hour or so with him mick jones the foreigner is my guest uh want to go to a break right now but when we come back i want to pick up on something that you said as soon as you sat down and something that i could never quite figure out and maybe you can shed some light on because you said that for a long time that there was this rumor that foreigner was this assembled band yeah. of some sort put together in a boardroom or something at atlantic records yeah. i want you know as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of this band and of course i can't go album by album because we don't have the time as much as i'd love to but i want you to to talk a little bit about where that perception came from and what the truth of how foreigner came together was so uh but hold the, hold your thought sure that's a tease for the audience we'll go okay. to break and we'll get your answer when we come back Superb. All right. Mick Jones is here. The tour we'll talk about as well. 40th anniversary tour, as I mentioned. A great package with uh, my good buddies Cheap Trick and also another good friend Jason Bonham and the Led Zeppelin Experience, which is a phenomenal show if you've never seen it. I've talked about it and raved about it for so long. And Cheap Trick still as good as anything with what they do. And, of course, the foreigner legacy speaks for itself. So we'll get into all of that and much more with Mick Jones right after this. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, when you guys are looking to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case. People configure cars online only to later find out they're not available. With TrueCar, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by TrueCar, but pricing from an actual dealer, and not just any dealer, but a TrueCar certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. Next, TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network, and there's over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You will work directly with the True Car Certified Dealer contact. True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with True Car Certified Dealers. True Car users save an average of over 3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features are not available in all states. Hey, this is Roxy Diaz. And this is Nina Parker. Now, we are two pop culture veterans who love nothing more than talking about the latest trending topics. Now, we're talking about everything. The relationships, music, celebrities. And maybe the banana pics I get in my DM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about everything. All right, now you get to join us every week on our new podcast, Little Black Dress with Roxy and Nina. Check out new episodes on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on iTunes. Guys, it's the Little Black Dress because every, every woman has one. one. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. 
So, Mick, pick up on what we were talking about going to the break uh, for a second. Where did that perception about Foreigner come from, do you think? Well, I think it was uh, a lot of it was the fact that we, we emerged in the dawn of punk and uh, the kind of slight decline of disco. <laughs> and, uh, suddenly, you know, there's a, for all intents and purposes, a traditional rock band, uh, classic rock band, of course not then we weren't classic but uh um the style uh i had kind of cut my teeth with a band like spooky tooth you know right. the island records thing we were often used to tour with steve winwood and uh you know i i knew that more let's say more sophisticated side of it and um you know i'd had all the experience that i that uh, I needed from previous years and previous projects and stuff. But um, I think, uh, you know, the record company recognized that we were not just a another band, you know, that we had some serious songs, we had some quality. and uh, But unfortunately, as I said, there were three genres. There was new wave, uh, punk, and um, disco, and obviously all the journalists sort of decided to choose us as a as a whipping uh, post or boy yeah and um you know that kind of uh that made it sort of difficult a little bit to uh to feel that um these critics were were just i i can't i can't exp- the only explanation i have is that they were frustrated that they didn't play a part in our in our beginnings, you know, you know, they didn't that, discover us. Anymore. Yeah, and that ties into something which is a huge hot button issue for me, and has been for many years. And I've talked about it on radio and TV continually. And and a band like Journey fell into this category as well until yeah. just recently. Mm-hmm. And that is that sort of you know never the critics darling, but selling millions of records and the fans loving it. And that is the unbelievably ridiculous snub that I feel the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been two bands like yourself and Journey. Mm. Now, miraculously, Journey is finally going in this year after yeah. being snubbed for so long. I've said for so long that it's it's ludicrous that Foreigner has not been considered even been on the ballot yet at this point. I know for people like me who are Foreigner fans, that bothers them. But for you, as as one of the architects of this band, mm-hmm. and it's its sole original member at this point, does that bother you? Does this the whole, is it something you dwell on or and, and scratch your head at? No, I certainly don't dwell on it. I mean, uh, I was very honored to receive the um, songwriters, the songwriters Lou, right? Hall of Fame. Yeah. That that felt made me feel really good from that point of sure. view. Sure. Um, but considering the work and the number of people we've played to and the popularity of the band and uh, the popularity of the albums, uh, I mean, it speaks for itself. And uh, if they choose to, to ignore it, I don't know. You know, we have several petitions by fans yeah. gathering all around the world, you know, right. and um, uh, it, w- it would be nice, you know, it would be nice, but I'm not... Um, thinking about it every day or letting it get me down you know it's uh it's a it's a it's another uh, throwback to the uh you know to the late 70s yeah, right the thing that makes me crazy about it though is when you see like uh just recently they finally just 
this year putting yes in for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And they waited so long that tragically Chris Squire is no longer with us, so he will not be there. They they just put Deep Purple in last year after snubbing yeah. them for 30 years. Of course, John Lord uh, no longer with us. Yeah. So when they, they do this disrespectful stuff, and listen, I'm a voter for the Hall of Fame. So needless to say, I'm pushing from inside as much oh, as I can right. push. But I don't get to pick the bands that they present. Yeah. I can only vote on what they present. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I know it's nothing you can do. It has nothing to do with you from your end of things. And I just wanted to call that out because I think it's ludicrous that when you look at this band's track record and the enduring history of music you've made that people still love so much that it hasn't even been in the conversation yet. But yeah. I will keep pushing from my end as best I can. No, I mean, I hear from a lot of uh, younger bands, you know, that uh, um, seriously successful bands that um, they w they were weaned on Foreigner. Yeah. And uh, they still listen to it constantly, to the early albums. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I get satisfaction from that when I feel that we've had some part to play in... Uh, the current scenario uh and um so i've got plenty of things to uh to take my mind off of uh, not being in the hall of fame yeah i'm sure <laughs> you do um i want to talk to you a little bit about this tour because it's really i think it's really awesome that for a 40th anniversary tour to celebrate the band's history that you reached out to past members of the band because there have been a lot of people in foreigner over the years mm -hmm. uh I think it's incredible you've done that because I've seen a lot of bands do tours like this and they don't even make those overtures to past members. And you're like, well, it's yeah. kind of like, how do you celebrate 40 years without that guy at yeah. least at being asked? He right. can decline. Like, what's going on? I've talked to Neil Sean about this. What's going on with Journey right now? He's asked Steve Perry. They want Steve Perry to come. They've, at least they've made the request. Whether he follows through, yeah. we'll see. So you have put this out to Lou Graham and some of the other members to uh, come come on this tour. And I know there was some confusion because yeah. Lou originally said, I don't know about this. And now he's since yeah. said, yes. So get yeah. us updated on that. Well, there was a little bit of uh, lost in translation happened at the beginning. Um, it really is just like, uh, for lack of a better word, like an open door thing for the guys this year we're starting uh with dennis elliott our drummer and brick wills a bass player we're going to do a show uh, where they'll come on and do a couple of songs at least uh and um that's in st augustine by the way if anybody's interested and now you're starting the tour in syracuse and lou is from that area Very and still so. lives there yeah so if he's going to show up to anyone he, <laughs> i'm assuming in his backyard right yeah it's a pretty much uh yeah that's not by design. It, it just so happens you're starting in Syracuse. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is very funny. Yeah, a nice coincidence. Yeah. So, how is he health wise and and vocally? Is he? Have you been in touch with him? Is he up for singing some of this stuff now? Yeah, I mean, we saw each other at the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame, right. and uh, we performed with each other for the first time in many years. Even though it was acoustic, he really held his own, you know. And uh, I was very proud of his presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got so much history between us. Yeah. We wrote a lot of songs together. You know, there's uh we were never the best of friends, let's say, but but we we shared a tremendous amount of of uh, high points and moments together. Yeah. <clears throat> and um the writing that we did to me was uh very rewarding and uh just um how in a perfect world, you know, I'd have liked it to continue. But, um, you know, Lou was uh, 
interested, let's say his first priority was his career. Right. And unfortunately, that's when we uh, kind of, things fell apart. Well, you have a... But there's a great respect for me. For yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and I've said this many times. I mean, the vocals he recorded on those songs and those records are among some of the greatest rock vocals I think ever, yeah. ever committed to song. I mean, to this day, when you hear them, they're still simply stunning and you know you found an amazing guy in uh, in Kelly Hansen who has been able to do such respect to that old stuff and the way he performs and the way he sings it I've seen the band many times with him it's it's pretty remarkable I'll do respect to Lou but I think he would probably agree himself that at the rate Foreigner has worked these days yeah. he probably wouldn't be able to at this point no, and with what would. he's been through keep up with that level yeah. of touring yeah yeah, and you yourself, how are you health wise? Because you've had your battles as well, and I know you haven't been able to play every foreigner show, and you yeah. know you're not you're not out for all of them, or you're not out for certain stretches. How are mm -hmm. you doing? I'm doing very well. Good. I'm just starting a a get fit regime, and uh, apart from that, really nothing to complain about. And uh, of course, I have to take it easy sometimes, but pretty sure that I'll be doing most of the shows this summer. That's great. I mean, I know people would certainly love to see. And I want to talk yeah. to you a little bit more about that and a little bit more about the upcoming tour. I know there's a record coming as well that's sort of a a, 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 a compilation, but maybe some other new things on there yeah. also. Yeah. So we'll touch on that as well. Uh, again, Mick Jones here with me for a few more minutes from Foreigner. The tour kicks off in... If you're ever going to see Lou Graham, I got to think you're going to see him show up in Syracuse. But it's kind of like luck of the draw, right? If people yeah. come, you don't know what they're going to see or what's going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Uh, but that starts July 11th in Syracuse and runs for for a, a, a few months. And go to foreigneronline.com for more information and find a date near you. Also, Cheap Trick and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience. So a phenomenal package. One other thing from me, Mick, that I want to ask you about, and I don't really know if you even realize that you've had this impact on the music industry recently. We talked about the fact that you have not been able to, for health reasons or what, what have you, been able to play all the shows or certain legs of shows with Foreigner, which means that, technically speaking, the band, as, as people see it without you, doesn't mm. have any original members <clears> in it. <throat> Great members, and they sound great, but not one original member on the shows you don't do. I can't tell you how many bands that I've interviewed over the last five to ten years who have had some sort of uh, disarray or falling outs in their band and have said, well, look at what Foreigner's doing. I'm going to go do that. Oh, really? Meaning go out with a, a band yeah. that they're going to basically oversee and brand but yeah. not be a part of, that right. they own the name and just put out a band doing great reproductions of their music mm -hmm. but whenever that conversation comes up the the band that everyone points to as the band that is pulling it off and flourishing doing it is foreigner mm -hmm. and i mean for you um are you aware of that phenomenon have you are you aware that you've created the foreigner no. phenomenon basically not at all, not at all. trust Funny. me when i tell you a lot of bands that are getting up there in years yeah. in their history have looked very closely at what you have done and are looking at it as a blueprint right. to say, hey, we're going to be able to do this too. And I don't think that they will. I, I think some can, some can't for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But but how do you feel about about that? And, and do you see Foreigner going on even if you were to step aside from it full-time? I I, not full-time. Um so when you well, say it's done, it's done. You're, yeah. you're not going oh, yeah. to be a guy that's going to be comfortable no, no. sitting at home and just sending a band out there. No, no, no. no you way. have to be a, you have to be hands on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
because that's a that's a thing that a lot of people are trying to figure out how to pull off the move. Yeah. That, well, we, we it was a it was a new beginning for for me. You know, when I started to reform the band, I had a lot of uh, encouragement from, uh, funny enough, from Jason Bonham, who, who was in the band at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah right at the beginning, and. Um, you know, it was put together seriously, and uh, it was put together by me, principally. And uh, so I pride myself on a, on a level of a standard of uh, of playing, playing not only playing but uh, being personalities on stage. I felt that we had not had that for a long time. You know, the presence on stage and it, and the excitement, let's say. And um, so what happens is I, I do a, a lot of the shows very and most of the uh, big shows, all of the big shows, let's say. Um, people might have to travel a little further to see that. but uh, um, And uh, the, it, it, it was really like a, a, a reformation meant to, res, you know, respect the past and what we'd achieved and the quality of the band live. And 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 recordings, you know, we made we've made an album. Mm-hmm. The band is this this version of the band is twelve years old. I know. I mean, I'm good yeah. friends with Pilsen. He's been there for yeah. since then, pretty much the beginning. And yeah. and I th- I think the big thing I think with all respect to all the guys who've been in Foreigner recently, I think the big sort of X factor for you was finding Kelly Hansen because yeah. again we talked before about how unbelievable these vocals are that Lou recorded and I mm-hmm. certainly hope I get a chance to see him come out for some songs with you guys mm-hmm. but 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 that's those are big shoes to fill vocally and sure. he's a, and Kelly's a great performer as well yeah. so so finding that I think uh, I mean you would know better than I would but I think that was the real thing that I think really sold it for people well, that was obviously of major importance to yeah. me. And uh, if had I not found Kelly, I don't know how much further I was going to be looking. Because, um, as you say, big shoes to fill, but uh, a lot of responsibility to present the music in its best possible form, augmenting the power that we already had and um, refining it to the final... Um, lineup you know which we have now and has been together with the exception of our drummer chris fraser it's been together for 12 years you know so i feel very comfortable in this setting and uh the fans are responding incredibly well to uh to it the so. the important takeaway from this for me though is the fact that you're saying that when when mick jones is done that's when foreigners done yeah yeah because there are guys out there that are looking at this, like I said, and they're saying, "Well, maybe we can, we're just, you know, like I know for a fact, Kiss is going to try to put out a version, they've said it, of Kiss with no original guys in it, where Gene and Paul are just going to manage it from the outside and and use it as a brand. As a fan, for me, as a a dyed-in-the-wool rock fan, I... That's a line I can't go over. Yeah, I can't quite... uh, No, I mean, I can't, because it's like, then what is the difference from that and a tribute band? Or a tribute band. Or a cover band. So so th- but so so this is a, an important thing and I think it's amazing that uh I mean when you look back at 40 years and the the Odyssey of Farner there's a documentary in there somewhere isn't there There is There'd be a good one <laughs> I think I'm actually um in the midst of uh writing a book I was going to ask you do you have are you are you going to do one Yeah It's this this one's going to be like a coffee table 
sort of presentation with uh, obviously photos and some, uh, you know, the truth about myself and everything that I went through, you know, on the way to Foreigner mm-hmm. and Foreigner, obviously. And uh, so I'm, r- I'm right in the middle of it and uh, should be sometime before the tour starts. So uh, Some pages in there about producing Van Halen, maybe? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> could do a whole show just on that, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that, but that was a wonderful time. At the end of the day, you know, you look back on it, and to me it was a serious uh, experience and one of the most um, eye-opening experiences that I've had yeah. in music, you know. Yeah. But uh, great. they're all great guys. You know, there was a lot of other shit going around at the time, and uh, but... Um, Nevertheless, you know, they're fabulous musicians, yeah. Eddie and uh, his brother. Yeah, we just need to give them a kick in the butt to get out there and do yeah, some stuff. I think you so. know, they're a little complacent. They take too much time between. You never know what's going on with those guys. They're like <laughs> you know, top secret about everything that they do. So yeah. it'll be great to see them do some stuff again. Well, again, uh, just so just to recap, uh, again, and, and Mick, I know you live here in New York. I would be honored one of these days when you have time and, you, you know, you Come sit and do the whole two hours. Let's take calls. Let's go through. Yeah. I'd love to do that. I know you're on a schedule here, but I'm here almost every day, and I would love to have you in just oh, hanging cool. out for the whole show and talk. We didn't have time to talk to the audience, unfortunately, because I know you have to go. But yeah. I'd love to do more with you if you have time. Sure, I'm me. I'm you're welcome. I'm uh, I'm up for that. All I right. just live down the road. So. Well, let's let's do the let's do the Mick Jones two hour extravaganza sometime in the near future then. Well, huge thanks to Mick Jones from Foreigner. I got to tell you, the biggest takeaway from that entire interview, which I was really surprised more people didn't play off of, is the fact that Mick Jones said, as you heard, that he would put Foreigner to rest when he is not involved in it anymore. And that's pretty amazing when you consider so many bands are following the Foreigner model of trying to do shows with no original members. And when you consider that Mick Jones has really played with the band very little over the last five, ten years, and they could pull it off and have been that at least now Mick Jones is saying, no, when he's done, he's putting the band to rest. Pretty amazing. Don't miss Foreigner on their 40th anniversary tour, which is uh, getting ready to kick off soon. And I thank Mick Jones for the time. Earlier, I thank Richie Sambora and Orianti for the time. Thank you guys most of all for listening. Be sure to connect with me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the website. Trunk Report is my blog. All of my appearances are on the homepage. Merch available. Signed copies of both of my books. Email me anytime, eddie at eddietrunk.com. Katie Irizarry is the producer, as usual, of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday. Podcast1.com and iTunes. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for streaming. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to join me on the radio every single day, Monday to Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, talking rock music with you on Sirius XM Channel 106 Volume, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And also on the weekends, you can hear the best of of my volume show from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday. Many other broadcasts, the Terrestrial Show, and of course the Hair Nation Show on Monday nights as well. We are stacked. Lots of great stuff bringing it to you each and every week. Thank you for your support. It's great to have you guys all tuned in. I'll see you next week for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar, world-class idiot, and raconteur extraordinaire. Join me for my new podcast, The Raven Effect. Every Monday here on the Jericho Network on Podcast One, we'll be covering current events and any and all topics that can be properly bantered. Download and listen to the show on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on iTunes. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.